2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the
3: weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
4: Welcome back. Chucky's coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 in the DMV. 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM in Richmond. And we're streaming live on the Odyssey app, wherever you may be. Take us on the go with that Odyssey app. You can also watch us on the Monumental Sports Network. We're presented by Crop Metcalf, official heating and cooling company of the Junkies. Looking to be their next five-star HVAC technician or plumber. Visit cropmetcalf.com to join their team. Running the three-man show this day. It's Cakes. I was going to say this week, but EB did show up one day. He did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he made a, a cameo on Thursday. Cakes is here. Bitch Bucks <laughs> is here. I'm here. And now, Kevin McCarthy, our pal, entertainment reporter for Fox 5, joins us on the BetQL Guest Hotline. What's up, Kevin?
5: Good morning, John Paul Flane. Hello, How you,
4: Kevin. Kevin, you are a new sports Hello. fan. What I'm interested in, and I know we're going to talk about two shows that are on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, yeah. Masters of Air and New Look you Apple. realize that you could be watching Dynasty which is fantastic about the New England Patriots on Apple TV Plus believe episode 3 comes out today
5: no, I'm I'm I used to watch it. I, I'm actually still finishing Quarterback on Netflix, and then I wanted to do I wanted to go back and watch some of the old 30 for 30s because I had, I hadn't seen those. And um, what was the was the other big HBO show that was dealing with football at the time? There was another one. Was it um, Hard Knocks? Hard Knocks? Hard knocks, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, those, yeah. those are shows that I, I remember. I wasn't really into football at the time when those shows were airing. So I'm actually finding, uh, dude, I was watching an old Super Bowl the other day. Like I, I don't know. I told you guys this. which thing, Super Bowl. Uh, it was uh Burrow over Stafford um, when Stafford won. Okay. Um, but I, but I remember the reason why um, this is the since this is the first season where I really watched football altogether. Like, this is the first time i actually felt like i missed it you know what i mean so like like when mm-hmm. when it, when the season ended and the super bowl ended i was like what do i do now so <laughs> like, you I'm should watch dynasty
4: yourself. i'm telling you right now yeah. it is really good valdez has watched it he endorses it as well and it, yeah. apparently you've got apple tv plus because you wanted yeah. to talk about masters of air and new looks. so why don't you start with masters of air i've seen the trailers uh, Band of Brothers years ago was really popular on HBO. It looks yeah. like a Band of Brothers like series.
5: Yeah, yeah. So so today I was gonna talk about those two shows. I also want to talk about the re release of Tenet, which is the big movie opening in theaters this weekend, but we'll go Yuck. back to that. But like with um, Masters of the Air, um, yeah, so so you know, you're 100% right, JP. This is literally the same producing team. So it's the Spielberg, uh, you know, Tom Hanks producing team that did Bandit Brothers and the Pacific. Um, and so one of the cool things about this show is it kind of takes you into different perspectives of the war. And that's why I always thought that Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk was so brilliant because he told a whole story about World War II through the air, the land, and the sea. Um, and so why I bring that up is because Masters of the Air is now being told, you know, this is a story told through the air. Um, and so one of the things I find really interesting about, you know, World War II in general is just how many stories there are about it, how many different aspects you can tell. Um, and so for this, this is Austin Butler. This is Barry Keoghan. Um, Barry Keoghan, if, if you don't know that name, he's probably most famous right now for the movie Saltburn. Um, uh, also uh, just a huge cast, Calum Turner, who's also in the boys in the boat, great actor, young actor right now, is kind of coming up. Um, and so, yeah, this is a series on Apple TV And this is, this is kind of back in that old school way of airing. They, they release these shows week to week. They'll drop like two shows at a time. And then you got a week to week release, which I'm very, I'm a very big fan of. I kind of miss that concept. Like when you drop things in a binge, and you watch it all in one weekend. You have no time to digest it. I mean, you guys know we we all grew up on that that week to week appointment television type yeah. of television where you sit in front of that TV and you wait for the episode. I mean, like Sopranos and The Wire and Breaking Bad and like like as as much as we are you know our mindsets now are just easy to binge. You, you, we sleep on the idea of how cool it was for an episode to end on a cliffhanger, and then wait wait a week for it. it well, was true Detective
6: moment. did that, I, I, it, and you know what? It does build anticipation.
5: Yeah, for the next changes. episode. I, I think it changes the way you you experience the show because I think that you know when when you take in too much information at once, your brain doesn't know what to do with it. It just sits in your subconscious. And I think with True Detective, you're right. Like that 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 season just ended as well. Mm-hmm. I still don't think they've ever topped the first season of True Detective. It's obviously still the masterpiece of of the series. But yeah, I mean, Masters of the Air is you know similar situation. So if you have Apple TV Plus, that's airing week to week. That's out now, uh, and they're just dropping episodes per week. So if you're if you're a fan of Pacific or Band of Brothers, um, that's exactly what what you're getting here in terms of uh, production value.
4: I know when you do movie reviews, you always give a rating yeah. and it might be different for a TV series because yeah. some episodes are good. Some aren't. What would your rating right. be so far for masters of the air?
5: So, so okay, it's a good question. So, so so actually I haven't seen the full series obviously, but, um, uh, I, right now I'm probably at a four out of five. I've never actually really given a rating for a show before. Um, but what I've seen so far I've enjoyed. Um, I don't think it's band of brothers or Pacific level and that's, You know, I will say, like, one of my biggest criticisms about filmmaking today, which is why I love filmmakers like Christopher Nolan and and Quentin Tarantino and and a lot of these filmmakers who shoot on film still. Um, I'll keep this brief because it's kind of nerdy, but, like, a lot of, you know, a lot of things nowadays are shot digitally. Um, And I think digital sometimes makes things look almost too real or hyper real where you're not able to immerse yourself in the story, you realize you're watching actors, you can see the makeup and things like that. And so Ben The Brothers in the Pacific, those were shot on 35 millimeter film. So it just has that grain to it. Like Saving Private Ryan, if you watch the opening of Saving Private Ryan, like that is the the way that is shot with the shutter speed, but also the film, it just looks like you're watching footage of that time. And I think sometimes with the with the newer technology, especially something in Masters of the Air, you can tell things are CGI sometimes. So that's my only big complaint. But I don't know, I, I'm just but I'm a little more old school. I want to be a little more cinematic. You know, I,
4: because I watch Apple T V plus, I saw a trailer for the series. And what was incredible to me and it's I guess obvious if it's World War II, but how many planes we're in the air oh. at the same time and seemingly so close together.
5: Oh, it's it's terrifying. Like half like, those
4: people had to know they weren't going to come back.
5: That's the whole thing. I mean, that's kind of what the show is is there's a lot about that in the show, but you're you're 100% right. I like to to see a visualization of like all these planes either flying at night or during the day. I mean, these missions were, I mean, also think about the technology back then this is the 40s man like 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 it's, it's interesting to me to think about like these planes must have been you know i that's why i always think it's insane that we landed on the moon in the 60s but the technology and yesterday used, apparently yeah, yeah i know but like I remember reading somewhere, and I, I could be wrong, so don't 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 quote me on this. But there there was more technology now in your iPhone than there was on the on 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 the shuttle going to the moon. Like I mean, I, from what I, I've heard that before, I don't know if it's true, but it sounds like it. I mean, it's insane. If you watch the movie First Man, um, you you get a really good view of what it looked like to go in there with Neil and everybody. It's just a really it's amazing to think about the technology. By the way, on a side point,
6: note, I sleep on, I guess, I guess it's hard to land on the moon because a lot of different countries have attempted it. Yeah. I didn't, honestly didn't know it was that hard to land on the moon. Oh,
5: dude. I sleep yeah, on dude. it. I'm telling you, and, and listen, I know this is a movie, and, and there's obviously real footage of this in real life, um, uh, but uh, the movie First Man, which is Damien Chazelle's film, which is Ryan Gosling, he played Neil, Neil uh, Armstrong, um, the entire... Third act of that movie is exactly what you're talking about, Kate. Is showing how hard it is to make that landing and be there. It's an incredible film that nobody saw. It made no money. <laughs> you're definitely. right. Nobody
6: in this um, room saw First Man. Yeah,
5: it's fantastic. It's the guy who directed La La Land and Whiplash and Babylon. So that, that those are definitely. Hey, JP. I know we only have a couple minutes <laughs> left. I'm just going to mention the new look real quick because I want to talk about Tenet, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, the new look is just a. It's a new series on Apple TV Plus, which is uh, which is a. Um, it's based, it takes place in World War II, actually, um, and it's towards the uh, it's de- dealing with the fashion uh, era at that time and kind of launching into the modern era of fashion. It's Coco Chanel, played by Juliette Binoche, and then uh, Christian Dior, played by Ben Mendelsohn. It's kind of their rivalry back then, but also the idea of fashion becoming something that was a big deal and kind of gave people a, p- a positive outlook into life going forward in the new modern era. Um, obviously with the tragedy of everything happening with World, World War II, it's just fascinating to watch this particular story and kind of how this was born uh, in that moment. So that's an Apple TV Plus series. It's airing week to week as well. Um, and then real quick, I know... We've Give us your
4: case. rating so far on that.
5: Yeah, I'm at a three and a half out of five on that one so far. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, It's uh, a
0: yucky. Um,
4: no thanks. It's better is than it, uh, 0.5 uh, from last week on Madam Lar-
2: are more are more of these streaming services doing the week to week stuff because I guess like Dynasties every Friday and then yeah. this show is every every week is are we are we stopping the binge?
5: I get so sliced for a Matt Valdez question. Um, <laughs> yeah, so no, it's a good point. So it's a good question. So yeah, a lot of them. Are, I think a lot of them are coming back to that. I, I have a theory that. Cable is going to make the, a big comeback um, because and I'm not saying it went away, but the, the, the number of streaming services that we have now and how much they cost. And you just need so many of them. Like the other day when you saw the Super Bowl numbers, I mean, the broadcast numbers on that were over 100 million people. You know, there's something about cable and appointment television like you're talking about. Um, but to your point, Valdez, uh, only a few of the services actually do it. Um, Apple TV is week to week um hbo it's true detective that's week to week netflix drops them all at once um no well, even no, no, netflix, no. netflix is, is doing like
4: clusters yeah because love is blind they, they released like oh. six then they released oh. three and then you got to wait oh. for the final yeah, Net- three
2: like netflix is starting to release like three at a time instead of instead of just plopping the entire series on you that's
5: that's better so so i'm glad you brought this up and i think it's brilliant because if you think about it, it's not just a, not just a viewing thing. It's a business decision because if you drop everything all at once, you have a weekend of people talking about your show and then people move on when you have a week to week release, everybody's talking about the show every week and they're wondering what's going to come next. So like Stranger Things, for example. No, you're right about Netflix. Like what they're doing now, like with The Crown, for example, they'll put six episodes out or something and then a couple months later, the next six or whatever. Um, but I think they're all looking at like Apple TV and all these other streaming services. Like, did you guys ever watch the show Hijack with Idris Elba?
6: Yeah, liked it a lot.
5: That was that was one of the shows that I really started to see this trend becoming valuable because like, my mom and dad would call me and they were like, oh, my gosh, we just watched the, fi- the, the the new episode of Hijack. We can't wait for the next one. And I was like, that's what we need. So to your question, Valdez, that's I do believe that that is starting to become a trend now because Netflix was all at once, all the binging at once. So I, I hope that that becomes more of a thing.
4: All right, so tell us about the re-release of Tenet before we let you go.
5: Yeah, so listen, I, I, I understand this movie is frustrating for a lot of people. Um, I think a lot of people, with Christopher Nolan, I think the, a lot of people want it to sit down for a movie and they want to understand every aspect of it. And there's certain films that are just meant to be viewed as an experience. And there's a line in Tenet which is don't try to understand it, feel it which is exactly what the movie is intended to do. This is basically Christopher Nolan's Bond film. Um, and the reason why we're talking about it all these years later is because it's re-released in this weekend in theaters because it's, it's helping to hype up the Dune 2 release next week. And why I bring that up is because Christopher Nolan is, like, really, you know, really good friends with the director of Dune 2, Denis Villeneuve, who did *Prisoners* and Sicario* and *Blade Runner* and *Arrival*? Um, all these incredible films. And so the studio who's releasing *Dune* also released *Tenet*. And so they got back together because both of them were IMAX films. And with the success of *Oppenheimer*, Christopher Nolan's *Oppenheimer* making almost a billion dollars, they're using that as a to ride the coattails to put *Tenet* back out. Um, and *Tenet* was released in the pandemic. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if you guys remember all the drama surrounding this, but. This film was a, it was a big deal at the time because it was trying to keep theaters going during the pandemic, and there was a lot of discussion and controversy surrounding the release. Do you put this in theaters? Do you put it on streaming? So it didn't make a lot of money. Um, Denzel's
4: kid is the star, correct?
5: Correct. John David Washington. It's basically <laughs> imagine a science fiction James Bond. Uh, Robert Pattinson uh, John David Washington anyways i know we have to go but the movie's excellent if you have a chance it's in theaters for one week only in IMAX um i love that film i love Christopher Nolan so and then last thing i want to say li- i know you guys already played this song on your show mm-hmm. but i listened to it five times this morning turn the lights back on by billy joel mm-hmm. if you haven't had a chance to watch the video it's one of the most emotional <laughs> music videos i've ever seen so that's it my final Yeah did you
0: yeah. did you get a little teary eyed Dude,
5: I'm, Jason, I, that song
0: destroys me. I actually, oh,
5: yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, I, and I know this is a bold statement, I think that song is his masterpiece. What's the, what's really, the,
0: what's the song about? I don't even know.
5: I think, this, well, the Turn the Lights Back On basically deals with the concept of like he's realizing that he wasted a lot of time in a romantic relationship and didn't see the person he was with. And now he's finally awake and he's like, I've turned the lights back on. Is it too late? Can you forgive me? Hmm. And so the whole concept is about time. You know, you guys know how it is. You get into a relationship, and then sometimes you take that person for granted, and you, and, you, and that's just the way the time just moves you. Yeah, in that Eric Bickle
6: takes you for granted that relationship. <laughs>
5: I know that. I know, either way, listen to the song. The video is incredible. It's just him over the years. And they, I don't know, they must have used some insane technology to DH him because they had every aspect of his life. From from his performances singing this song, it's Kevin.
4: Wild. Um, yeah. I did watch the We Are the World special, which was on Netflix. I okay. believe that yeah. one's pretty good. And yeah. Valdez and I endorse Dynasty. You're a new sports fan.
5: Watch it, it. and next Kevin, week tell us what okay. you think. Kevin will like it. Yeah, I'm 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 missing. Um, listen, I need anything right now because I'm like feening for football, man. It's like, like I, I just don't genuinely... watch old episodes. Kevin, of I'm, hard Knocks I'm go It's go a watch waste. Your
6: side project, Masters of Dead Air.
5: <laughs> that, thank that you. might be thank you. That, that, that's a that's a that's a top quality thing thank to, you to, to I, I so.
6: appreciate that well, what was the name <laughs> of his movie <laughs> Bump who's Bump? Bump? who's Kevin's, Kevin's movie, movie? <laughs> Bump i sure I
4: know right <laughs> what was? I, made
5: for Spiel- I made it for Spielberg it was called Bump yeah, yeah. So you never watched
4: Bump
0: <laughs> no it was like inside like his... His... everybody else
4: no it was inside <laughs> his insane
6: brain I've been inside also, Kevin's insane brain I don't need to watch oh. his movie version
5: Guys, guys! I I mentioned this movie last week. I know we have to go. Um, It's finally on VOD. Watch the Zone of Interest. It's one of the best films I have ever seen. I know it's about the guy who lives,
6: as you called him, the Commandant, who lives outside (laughs) of the concentration camp. It's an uplifting
5: movie. (laughs) Thank you, Kevin. it's a brilliant film. Please see. it. It's important. Um, I, I think everybody should see that movie. It's an absolute masterpiece. It's a brilliant film. I'll never see it again, but it's great. He doesn't
1: use hyperbole. I <laughs> will
5: tell you what.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Nothing that he suggests ever interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't. I'm sorry, Kev. I mean, <laughs> for <laughs>
4: some reason, I think you once in a blue like, moon. Yeah. For some reason I think you'd maybe like Masters of the Air. I thought you like kind of mm. you know like war. World War
0: II stuff. Uh, once in a blue Sometimes.
4: moon. I,
0: Thank you, Barry. I will give
6: Masters of the Air. I'll <laughs> give it a try. Right. I'm, I'm okay with World yeah. War
4: II era movies. Band <laughs> Brothers was really popular. <laughs> I
6: haven't seen one second of it, but I know <laughs> it's popular.
4: All right, got to take a break. The phone number is 800-636-1067. Coming up at 820, we want your plays as we try and run 10 bucks to 10 k Also, John Feinstein, George, us at 8 here on The Junkies.
0: So did- Call from Mom. Answer it.
3: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
4: Today is uh, February 23rd. The NFL draft is going to take place on April 25th. Mm -hmm. But we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the NFL draft.
0: For two more months, we'll Mm -hmm. talk about it. Yep. Yep. We're gonna major probably in it. every single show.
4: You're probably mock right. drafts come out, <laughs> it seems like every day. You get different reports whether guys are climbing draft boards or sliding down draft boards. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon we'll have Combine and we'll have pro days. And of course, Washington has the number two pick.
0: Isn't the Combine next week? Next week. Yeah, middle middle of the week, right? Yeah, I think Wednesday maybe starts. <clears throat>
4: I'll and give me the dates right now, sir. Yeah, let me know. With what that the is. number two pick, the expectations are, should the commanders stay there, that they will draft a quarterback. But Matt Miller, who is an NFL, he's at NFL Draft Scout on Twitter, he has a point about the Patriots, which could apply to the Washington Commanders. Mm-hmm. So the Patriots have the number three pick. And in many mock drafts, you'll see quarterback, 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 one, two, three. It might be Caleb Williams followed by Jaden Daniels, which leaves Drake May to the Patriots or vice versa, where the commanders take Drake May and Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner, goes to the New England Patriots. Mm -hmm. But their head coach, their new head coach, he said they don't have to go quarterback with their first round pick. He said they're going to go with best player. Mm -hmm. Could be quarterback, but maybe it's Marvin Harrison Jr. Or maybe it's an offensive lineman, whoever they believe is the best player on the board at number three. Mm -hmm. Jason doesn't buy that. He believes they're going to go with the quarterback.
0: Well, I'll say this. Um, I don't believe anything coaches will say in February about they're not going to give away who they're going to pick. Yeah, but. They do need a quarterback, and they will acquire a quarterback. So if they do take best player available, and mm-hmm. it's Marvin Harrison Jr., yep. okay, well, that just means they're going to go out and get a veteran quarterback. They'll go free agent A age Kirk Cousins type, type make a trade for a Justin Fields.
6: Or like a Ryan
4: Tannehill, I believe, is yeah. a free agent. Because age they're not going
0: like, into next year with Matt Jones or Bailey app. I wouldn't think. Well, right? here's That's what, 100% locked.
4: Yeah. Here's what Matt Miller tweeted about <clears throat> this specifically, and we can open up to callers. And see if you think this applies to the Washington Commanders. Mm -hmm. He tweets, the Patriots should not draft a quarterback at number three overall. This roster isn't ready for a rookie quarterback and would just set his development back. This isn't Houston with a Hall of Fame left tackle and solid supporting cast. This is closer to Carolina. And we saw how that worked out.
6: Well, just because Bryce Young didn't work out doesn't mean whoever they would select potentially at number 3 isn't going to work out. No, what he's
4: saying is not the player. It's not the quarterback Mm -hmm. he wants you to focus on. He wants you to focus on the roster. He's saying Bryce Young wasn't set up for success because they didn't have a Hall of Fla- a right. hall of Fame left tackle. Well, they didn't have a good supporting cast. In the last four well,
6: years, we've gone through the Ron Rivera era where that was all that he was preaching was, well, we got to keep building up the roster until we find the quarterback. I think that's doing it backwards. You find the quarterback, and then you build the roster around said quarterback that's going to lead you to the bet- next Decade. If the
0: Carolina Panthers could redo the draft, they would take a quarterback. Right. It just wouldn't be Bryce be Young. C.J.
6: Stroud, the yeah. guy that everybody <clears throat> in the football ops reportedly wanted. So you and,
0: can you can fill holes in the draft after you take your quarterback. You right. can do that, or in free agency. Correct. And if you Washington, want to chime Washington in, Washington certainly can because they've got eighty million bucks to spend.
4: If you want to chime in, 800-636-1067, <clears throat> Would you want the Commanders to do what Matt Miller is saying? The Patriots should do. And that is fill out the roster first before you deal with the quarterback. Here's why. If I'm Because a- he believes if the Patriots, for example, draft mm-hmm. a quarterback, not going to be set up for set, for success because they don't have a good roster. Now, a difference here in Washington might be they've got all this cap space. So mm-hmm. they can maybe bring in a really quality offensive lineman. They also have a bunch of draft picks right in the top 100. I think they have, is it 36 and 40, something like that, or yeah, maybe 34th maybe. and 40, whatever what they
0: got, is. got about five picks in the top 100, maybe. Yeah,
4: so, so they, they may be able to, to plug some holes better than the Patriots can mm-hmm. at this point, just based on where they are. I saw a prediction from one of the guys from Pro Football Focus, and he just said, Adam Peters and the Commanders are going to spend more money than anybody else this offseason. Right. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense. They've got the most cap space.
0: Well, this is what, again, and I would equate it to what Washington would do. Washington's not going to come back next year with Sam Howell as your number one. Correct. The Patriots aren't going to come back with Mac Jones as their number one. Doesn't mean they have to draft somebody. They could go out in free agency and and pluck a Kirk Cousins. Mm -hmm. So if Washington was going to take someone other than a quarterback, well, they're still going to go out and get a quarterback.
4: Some people... Like the move it was in one of these mock drafts where they trade out of number two, I think it was with Denver, slide down to number twelve, mm-hmm. acquire more picks, and draft somebody like JJ
0: McCarthy at twelve. Right. It still means you're drafting a quarterback.
4: And, and
6: by the way, why are the Patriots being held up as the gold standard as the way to to run your organization and the way to run your draft? Mm-hmm. Like their drafts have been Awful over the last few years. I don't think
4: you're listening though. They're not saying that the Patriots are doing it. This is what Matt Miller is suggesting right. they do. Right. Well, I so think your quibble is I with Matt my Miller. My quibble
6: is with him. Yeah.
4: Especially when you look at
6: who the Patriots are facing just in their division six times a year over the the length of of uh, Jared Mayo's career as the coach. Tua, Josh Allen, and Aaron
0: Rodgers. Again, mm-hmm. so
6: you 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 just can't you can't just sit there and and say, well, we're going to run it back with Mac Jones, whether it's a guy you pick at three. Or you go and sign somebody off the free agent.
0: Or make a trade. Market,
6: yeah. Like, you can't just keep running out the status quo. Correct.
4: He's suggesting for the Patriots mm-hmm. build out the roster because the roster is not ready for the rookie I am, quarterback. I am diametrically and you'll set him back.
6: 1,000% opposed to that sort of roster building concept.
4: There's some people, and we'll take some calls. Again, 800 636 1067. I've seen on social media. They suggest them drafting the best tackle. Is it Joe Alt?
0: I mean, it could be any of those guys. The, the, the guy from Penn State, the,
4: Shanu,
6: the guy oh, out of Penn State, yeah, oh, yeah. the local
0: kid. Would you be apoplectic so, on, if that happened? Who
6: drafts the, the Commanders? Well, that's that'd be the. It would be as bad of a pick as Chase Young at number two. If they stayed, if they stayed at number two and picked a big fat offensive lineman instead of moving back and getting extra picks. Mm-hmm. That would make me question Adam Peters well, this, and everything he's doing with the front office. And
0: this would be my question to those fans who think that that they should draft a, a tackle it too. Right. All right, so who do you want your quarterback to be? If you're going to come back with me, with Sam Howell, right. then I got issues. If you're going to try and make a trade for a Justin Fields, mm-hmm. or if you're going to try and go out and pluck cousins, all right, that's a different story. Yeah. But you can't come back with Sam Howell. No. You just can't. No. There's no way Adam Dan Quinn in his first year and Cliff Kingsbury in his first year and uh, Adam Peters in his first year going to come back with Sam Howe.
4: I don't disagree with you, but I don't think it's uh, a huge portion of fans. But there are a bunch of fans I that know. are howlers who believe that he didn't get a fair shake. I get that. Because they point to bad offensive line, mm-hmm. uh, an offensive coordinator who didn't do him any favors, Super pass, happy. Hey, it, don't wasn't, run the ball. But it wasn't, but life all, isn't fair. It wasn't
6: life all, isn't always fair. It's not always fair for Sam Howell. But as you know, sorry, and you
0: would agree with this. It wasn't all the bad left tackle play. You know what I'm oh, saying? I know. And it wasn't all the bad call uh, play calls by the enemy.
4: I'm not a howler.
0: I know. I, so. I was a howler
4: when I saw him in Annapolis. Yeah. Well, that was a long time, ago. <laughs> a long time ago, okay. In college. But, 21 interceptions, mm-hmm. leading the league in pick sixes. Leading the league in sacks?
0: Yeah. No, no, to me,
4: too many negative plays. We're wasting
6: our time talking about Sam Howell starting for the commanders. I'd, I agree. I'd be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if they dealt Sam Howell. If a team would, would give, sure. give them something for him. Because right. if I'm going to draft a young guy, I don't want another super young guy trying to be his mentor and his tutor.
4: All right, let's go to the phones. 800-636-1067. Would you be opposed to... The thought of building out the roster before you draft the quarterback. Very opposed. Let's go to
6: Aaron. He is in Suitland. What's up, Aaron? You're listening to the Jumps.
7: Man, you guys are slaying me. I talked to you guys a couple of weeks ago. We talked about even if they did draft the quarterbacks, right, any of the top three quarterbacks, all you guys said that they're not going to come in and beat out how for the first six or seven games. So I don't understand what you guys I, I are didn't say about. that. Oh, oh, so you're if they
4: draft somebody at number two, Aaron, you're making. Up I think stuff. they probably will no, 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 beat no. out Sam Howell and start in week All right, one. I want
0: you to get the audio and I want to hear it, and I, I, I want you to get the audio of someone on the show saying there's no way <laughs> the rookie quarterback We're, would beat out Sam Howell. One
7: of us may you have said it's said possible. The first six games, I said it's per
0: Yeah, I did possible. say I said it's possible if okay. he's if okay. you don't want to throw him to the wolves in week one, Sam Howell could start for the first month, but does not mean Sam Howell's the better quarterback? <laughs>
7: Well, all I'm saying to you is I would rather build up the roster. You guys, I don't understand what you guys don't like about Sam Howell. I understand the stats, but there's a lot of things that he did that was impressive. You know, with some of the throws, the run to third and 20 that he ran with his feet. I mean, he did some bad things as well, but I just don't understand in comparison from how Almost every quarterback in the
4: NFL makes good plays. Right. okay right. well Heine that doesn't does mean too. they're good quarterbacks overall
0: so, so you're saying sam okay. you want sam Howell to be your number one quarterback for all 17 games next year that's what you're saying
7: no i can't i can't no i can't foresee that but what i would rather do is draft a quarterback but not at number two move back build up the offensive line because now what happens is when you do draft a quarterback at number 2 you still have the same offensive line. I know you guys said that you would get other picks but guess what? We have pressing needs at linebacker, pressing needs at offensive line. So, I mean I I don't know I I would rather build up, you know, through the you know, the draft. The only person I think that can beat how is an NFL veteran. That's it. This coming so, in hmm. and this
0: So mm-hmm. hold on. So you want to uh... So you want to move back in the draft and and take a quarterback later in the draft, right? Yeah, I would do that. Okay. Yes, I would do that. Well, where are you going to take the quarterback? What round?
7: Well, it depends on where you move back at. Oh, the first round, maybe, maybe the first round. Okay, so you're not maybe taking so you're not
0: taking a, an offensive lineman in the first round because you're you're moving back, but you're still going to take a quarterback in the first round.
7: But you're moving back to get more picks. Well, I, I understand team that, team but you're still right. taking
0: a quarterback in the first round. That's what you're saying.
4: You're getting a lesser quarterback.
0: Your best a you're, quarterback,
7: you're, and you are getting more picks because
4: yeah, we I'm not need into the lesser players.
6: quarterback. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate the call. I okay. can't just. Hopefully, they're never picking at number two again. Please mm-hmm. just take advantage of where you're picking at this point. You have the ch- you have the chance to draft a quarterback that can be your cornerstone for a decade. Mm-hmm. Why would you pass on that to draft a lesser talent? I just don't understand that concept. And as far as drafting offensive linemen, you have six of the top 103 picks in the upcoming draft. You're telling me that there aren't quality offensive linemen, one or two, that you can draft in that range? I refuse to believe that. Well, and you also
0: have a bunch of money you can spend on free agents. Absolutely. All right? You can can do that. Yep. Now, unless Adam Peters and Dan Quinn went and said, you know what? Drake May and, and Daniels, they're just not worth it. They're not good enough. All right. That's a different story. I don't think they're going to say that. I don't think that's the way they're speaking behind closed doors. If they thought that there was only one quarterback worth drafting at number two, right. that's Caleb Williams, and he's going to be gone, then that's a different story. I, but I just don't believe that. Let's
6: go to Chris in Brandywine. Chris, you're on with the junks. Good morning.
0: <clears throat> hey, good morning, gentlemen.
7: Hello. Let me just start start off by saying this. There's so many people here in the DMV that are so afraid and used to mediocrity that they want us to – build up the offensive line, sign Saquon Barkley, and relive the Joe Gibbs run uh, uh, football days. And mm-hmm. Joe Gibbs is not coaching this team. Like, the, that, that was the approach that uh, Ron Rivera tried to use uh, to build up around the team and then plop in a quarterback and he could never find one. And then we never had to pick high enough to get one. We got to go out here, get this quarterback. Take the Houston approach. Maybe dra- uh, trade back into the first round and go after a Brock Bowers with your quarterbacks. You know that- that's what you need to do. Take take some risk and make some play, make some things happen.
6: Yeah, this is my guy, Chris. He likes offense. He likes quarterbacks and stud tight ends. Thank you for the call. Stud tight ends that look like dorks when they're hanging out at the <laughs> Super Bowl or the. I saw that, <laughs> but that dude is a player. He is, and uh, he he would make a nice impact on any team. Certainly here. In Washington, bank local, cheer local in business. Every day is game day. Business is always moving up or down, but never still. That's why the Main Street Bank team treats every day like game day. Main Street Bank is a business-focused community bank proudly serving the DMV since 2004. Visit mstreetbank.com to learn how to put our team in your office. Main Street Bank, member FDIC, equal housing opportunity lender.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
0: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port Chicago, Illinois.
4: We're back. Junkies, coming to you live on 106. Seven, the fan, and the team 980 in the DMV. In Richmond, check us out on 910, the fan, and 105.1 on the FM side, where you can listen to our pal Awad at noon. And of course, you can watch us on the Monumental Sports Network. Speaking of Monumental Sports, one of the biggest stories locally is whether the Capitals and Wizards will move to Alexandria. That's right. Joining us right now to give us kind of an update and where we're at with this is Monumental Sports Network's External Affairs and Chief Administrative Officer, Monica Dixon. Good morning, Monica.
8: Hi guys. Thanks for having me. Sure. today. Thanks so
4: Monica, I, I, I got to tell you as just a fan, <laughs> I get kind of confused as to what's going on. Um, some people are for it. Some people are against it. Uh, even in the legis- even in uh, the legislative branch in Virginia, it seems like there's pros there's cons where are we at right now with the legislation? All
8: right, we'll start there. And, and I think, look, it's, It's, uh, this is, as you said, one of the biggest stories, and that means there's a ton of commentary. And I think it is hard to um, figure out what's fact, what's opinion in this story. And so, appreciate you guys um, focusing in on this and giving us a chance to kind of walk through it, at least how we see it from our perspective. Um, We had a great week in Richmond. We um, saw the passage of our project in um, a major piece of legislation. It's the budget in the House. So what happens next is you know, the Senate passes their budget and they get sort of combined together and then they appoint conferees from both sides, the House and the Senate, and they meet and they work out a compromise. And then that bill comes back to the floor and it's voted on right before the session ends. The session in Richmond is expected to end on March 9th. So we've got just two weeks left.
4: How many people and are in this Senate? I don't know. In the state 40. Senate, yeah, there's forty, 40 people. I'm yeah. sure you guys are counting votes. What, like, yeah,
0: how many? What short? is your
4: expectation right now? Is 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 there one person leading the way against it?
8: Well, in the House, uh, the the bill passed eighty-eight to twelve. It was bipartisan.
4: Okay. We have
8: the same bipartisan support in the Senate. But what's critical now in this part of the process is that the conferees who are meeting, and they'll be appointed. We don't yet know who they are, but they're typically the leadership on both sides of the House and Senate. They will get together, and they will make decisions on behalf of their caucuses. So now we're less focused on the specific votes in both the House and Senate, and we're very focused on that leadership group and the compromise that they reach.
0: All right, this might be a stupid question, but if probably is a stupid question. So if the I like se- your if yourself. the Senate passes it, the House and the Senate pass. If they both pass in the, in the budgets in both of both the House and Senate, is it a full go?
4: No, they have to like she said, they got to meet. So dumb To question. come with a compromise, and <laughs> right. then the governor right. signs off. All
0: right, so then if the governor signs okay. off, is it a full go?
8: Uh, it's a go in terms of the state legislature. Then we move up to Alexandria. Oh, okay. And the city council <clears> has <throat> to. Uh, Consider it in some form and vote to support it. Uh, We think that process will be right after Richmond, but they are still in a kind of listening to the community um, uh, position. They're having almost daily conversations where people can come and learn and see documents and have a discussion. But we're hoping it's in March and um, and then we're done. Then it's just done.
6: What, what about the potential roadblock that one of the largest labor unions in the U.S. Uh, came out yesterday or a couple days ago against the plan to build the arena in Alexandria with the AFL-CIO labor union uh, voicing their displeasure, I guess, with the plan?
8: Uh, you know, it was really disappointing and, and personally a little sad. Um, we are a company that could not operate and provide the great experience we provide without union employees. And we we will continue to do that in Alexandria if this project goes forward. I hope that they that we have a little time to get everybody back at the table because I think that the building and construction, which is largely what was discussed this week um, from the unions, could be a very strong union workforce. And that, you know, Virginia is a right-to-work state. And and this could be a real moment for uh, the union movement in Northern Virginia. And, and we're really supportive of it. So we're hoping that we still have some time uh, to get everybody back to the table.
4: Speaking of being at the table, The Washington Post had a really in-depth article over the weekend about How this all went down and it described the meeting between Mayor Bowser and Ted Leonsis and eventually she gave Ted what really you guys wanted all along but he basically said it was too late. Are yeah. they, com- are they completely out of the picture? And why is that? Is that, you know, there were certain things about crime in the area and the buskers and the noise and all that stuff. Has that ship
1: sailed?
8: You know, it's uh, that, that story was completely accurate. Um, I think the post did an incredible job and spent a ton of time researching and, and getting all the information. Um I guess what I would say, first of all, about where we were with DC is that uh, their hands were tied just because of their budget situation. And when we were in the process of making the final decision, the offer we had on the table from Washington was about 220 million towards an $800 million renovation. And they didn't have the ability to provide that 220 million. So they asked that we take a loan for the full 800 and they would pay us back that 220 over the next 10 to 20 years. And that was a very risky situation for us. Um, You know, these administrations change, the city council changes, they could change their mind. There was no way for us to know if there would be a guaranteed um, set of revenues coming every year to help us pay that loan. And so that is, that was the stage where we made the decision to accept the Virginia offer. The mayor and the council have been um, very supportive to this moment of us staying in D.C., and they've offered that $500 million um, if we uh, decide to stay, and, and we really appreciate that. But our focus right now is completely on Virginia. And we're hoping that we can get this project approved in both Richmond and Alexandria and start to share the plans for what this campus will look like, which is incredibly exciting.
0: Monica, last dumb question for me. Um, <laughs> when you speak to, you know, obviously there are residents in Alexandria who are that are against it. And one of the reasons yeah. is because they just feel like the traffic's going to be a crazy. There's, there's not enough Metro stops and lanes. When you talk to the leadership at, uh, at Metro, are, is that going to be an issue? Are they going to build more lanes to get people there, um, so it won't just be the one stop?
8: Yeah, I um, we don't think it'll be an issue as long as there's funding to do it, um, <laughs> and that's that really requires the Commonwealth of Virginia uh, to make that investment uh, through their transportation plan. So right now they're you know committing almost you know well over 200 million dollars toward the expansion of that bridge that was just built from the metro stop down to what would be the campus and additional sort of lanes and smart technology on route one that that will make it um much better for our customers to come in and out and also i mean that's a shared priority we have with the neighbors who are opposed to this if our if our customers can't have seamless entry and exit we fail and so we're aligned with the neighbors that that it's got to work for it to work for us and them
4: all right monica well thank you very much for kind of filling us in it is past the house the next step is the senate Then there's committees then there's the governor and then there's the city of alexandria but we were kind of clueless so i think you gave us some good information
8: We'll, we'll come back anytime
4: Okay, appreciate it. That's uh, Monica Dixon. Thank you, Monica. She's the External Affairs and Chief Administrative Officer for Monumental Sports.
6: Very fancy title. I'll never have that on one of my business cards.
4: Coming up next, John Feinstein joins us for Fridays with Feinstein. Don't go anywhere. Okay, picture this. It's Friday
3: afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.